Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. All right, it's Bud Pod 107. Uh, which uh, sounds like a lucky number, Phil. Well, that's just because got, it's, it's got seven in there. Do you know why seven is lucky number for two dice? I think maybe I've talked about this before. At this point, we're just I'm just repeating myself every eight, two episodes. Do you know why seven is lucky number for two dice? Is it like uh, it can only be formed by the fewest combos? Opposite. It's the, mm. it's the combination you're most likely to get. Hmm. Yeah. Seven, but then surely it's the least lucky because it's the most likely. Yeah, I know you think that, but um, people are idiots. I think it just feels lucky because it comes up all the time. Right. Uh, some before okay. they understood uh, probability, they were like, "This must be an inherently lucky number to keep happening." <laughs> God loves this number. <laughs> I guess it does sound um, sound like heaven. Um, it does. <laughs> we have with us today. A guest. When I can't, I can't remember the last time I had a guest. It's because yeah. I don't know. Was, cause it, was it, it Glenn? What was it, Glenn or Adam Hess? I think it was Glenn. Yeah, one, I of, think the, it was, one of the two. One but of the point them. is that they're both being blown out of the water this week by Stuart Laws. <laughs> yeah. Stuart Laws, everyone's yeah. favorite friend. <laughs> I've never Stuart met Laws. The, Member of the Twitter viral thread Illuminati. That's right. Mm, that's true. We get to go to meetings every year and people have got conspiracies about what we're up to. And people say, oh, do you remember? Do you remember Charlie bit my finger? That was us. And everyone goes, ah, good days, good days. Anything viral <laughs> was them, was you. We gave those those two poor, unfortunate children the chance to go to private school. <laughs> you know, that's the, the finale of that. Charlie bit my finger. What? They went to private school. Is it paid for them to go to private really? school? Really? Did it? Yeah. What did, did like St. Ambrosius Academy be like, we're, we're <laughs> two local boys of such provenance would be, we'd be proud to have them among the ranks of our stu- students here? Something like that? He bit his finger. Ah, well, And thus, <laughs> how, did they, they could... how did they monetize that? Just from like YouTube ad revenue? Uh, just from like uh, appear back in those days on YouTube, I think you had to then do like proper appearances and go on TV and everything like that. Wow. Yeah, yeah you got you got invited on the news and stuff, and then people they, did they do like some sort of insane Christmas album or something? Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, well, to be honest, it is still in my top three Christmas albums of all time. The Charlie bit my finger. Can you imagine those two boys at school hits. and they're out of place, and someone's like, "How did you end up here?" And he just points across. The quad, and he goes. Well, he, I bit his finger. <laughs> One day I bit his finger. One day I bit his finger, and and Papa was filming. I mean, how much more of a sort of butterfly flapping its wing can you imagine? A child bites a finger, and they end up with. I mean, I guess it is still within the realms of their own life. I guess if it ended up with you know World War Three, that would be more of a butterfly effect. It's purely, it's properly the American dream, though, isn't it? Except in in England, it yeah, is the American in, dream because it's wealth wherever it was acquired by essentially eating something, <laughs> <laughs> or at least or trying to trying to eat something you shouldn't. <laughs> yes, danger danger to children. Um, Money yes. through danger to children is the American dream. So, Stu, what are Stu's viruses? I mean, viral videos. Uh, viral, okay, viral so, so there, there's, a, there's the the message you sent to uh, a pilot in the plane that you were on. The one that started. Is that it the first all. one? Yeah, that was the first that's time that zero. you like, hit above that uh, above a hundred, and that's when you go, oh my, oh my word, what a world this yeah. is. But then I think that what that did, that did a few, it did maybe eighteen k likes. Good. Yeah, actually, maybe uh, uh, it was exciting. That's the point, and and the point was. I took. I did that three weeks previous. 
What do you mean? And then went, oh, like I was on a flight and I uh. had a chat room and I was like, oh, I'll put in my name as pilot and did this little conversation. <laughs> Took a little photo of it. Oh, that's funny. And it's just, it was just other passengers it. talking to you, wasn't it? Yeah, well, the secret is that it was my partner at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is why he's wow. in the Illuminati. Yeah. God. So we had a little meeting. We said, let's go viral in a couple of weeks. Interesting. <laughs> why in the world? You exist. You exist in that uneasy gap between crazy viral things that happen and the didn't happen of the year awards Twitter account. Well, let's go into why the hell no one has ever tagged me into any of that stuff. Yeah. And I, I can guess one of the reasons is that I'm a bloke. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say, you're a, you're a guy, and that is 99% yeah. of the rationale they're covered. Uh, covered. Um, yeah, it's, Absolutely it's always... stunned. It's always a woman saying, uh, oh, I nearly dropped an orange this morning, but I, I caught it. And then a, a thousand guys going, you fucking liar! What, do you live in a magic world? And they're just furious at this, like, mundane, completely believable event. Whereas you are there saying, like, I impersonated... I technically broke aviation law by impersonating a pilot. <laughs> Um, yeah, oh, this is a good lad, actually. That was on Unilad. It was on Lad Bible. So, <laughs> I was called a genius for so it. So it wasn't hidden from the angry lads. It was shoved right, right in their faces, and they didn't. And they suspect said yes. A thing. Yeah. Do you think that's like the equivalent of a bank robbery, where you just walk in dressed as the guy who owns the bank, get the money, and leave? Like it's so brazen that the lads, either uni or biblical, uh, <laughs> didn't just. They just thought he must must be fine, must be kosher. Just dress up as the Monopoly man driving sort of a pewter car <laughs> straight into the bank. <laughs> yeah. Load it up, boys! <laughs> it's me, the bank owner, the one who you've always <laughs> imagined looks like this. Oh, yo, what yes, is Mr. Sir. Monopoly's name? <laughs> money, his money bags, his whole money bags, right? Uh, and that's what, is that first and last name, like money bags? Rich Uncle or? Penny bags? Rich Uncle Pennybags. Is it Pennybags? All those money bags. Ooh, penny bags is um, Pennywise's colleague. <laughs> colleague? Why would a colleague have the same similar name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've just got the same first name. Pennybags. And they went, we should team up. <laughs> Pennybags uh, is the butler that Batman had before Alfred. Oh, no, you're right. It's, his name is Rich Uncle Pennybags. Rich Uncle Pennybags. <laughs> So his first name's Richard. <laughs> Middle name Uncle. <laughs> it implies that he comes from a, an Eastern European or or African or maybe far Eastern culture where people just call him Uncle Pennybags out as a mark of just mm. general respect for him as an older man. Um, yeah, and he happens to be rich. Yeah, whereas Auntie Pennybags is constantly getting dobbed into didn't happen of the year. <laughs> She's just trying to issue her stock reports and people. Not point three percent growth at D H O T Y A. Those those tweets and those tags are among the most aggressively unpleasant of Twitter, and that's a high bar. Mm, I used to follow that Twitter account because I was like, "Oh, this is funny." Just sort of you know, because it was like people doing stuff like I spoke to my eight-year-old this morning who took one look at the brexit report and said i think this will be bad for the future yeah and you're like oh that's funny that people are doing stuff like that for online clout and then over the time you're like oh yeah it's always just women they're retweeting yeah and then uh, mixed in there you've got all the ones which are like uh my four-year-old just said that surely a federalist approach to the United <laughs> Kingdom, would, you know, and you go, okay, that's that's very lame that you made that up. But then, yeah, mixed in there is just a. This morning, my fed, my four-year-old uh, finished reading a simple book for children and said, "I love you, mum." And it's like, yeah, that's fa that's. That's and then you get all these replies from like angry guys with very pixelated mid-game football uh, photos. Yes, it's always football games. As their profile, oh. yeah, picture. For some reason, they've gone, that moment, that pixelated moment is, is me. That sums me up. And they're always replying. Yeah, they're always replying going like, a, oh, a four-year-old who can read. Nice try, Mrs. Jenkins or whatever. And it's so much more depressed. It's such a self-own on their life. It's so depressing yeah. <laughs> because they're like, I couldn't read till I was nine. 
and they're just <laughs> furiously doubting these basic skills. Ugh, it's, it's when did you learn to read, Stu? The, the, the podcast, Pod Legend, is that uh, Pierre started reading um, surprisingly late. Yeah. For how much he reads yeah, now? No. Well, how old are you? I don't, I don't know. How do you know when you started reading? It's quite reading? hard See, to this remember. Have you got a newspaper from the first date? The first date you read, date you read? <laughs> yeah. What's the first date you ever read? <laughs> well, see, this is the thing, Stu, is I started reading late enough that I remember the process of learning to read. Wow. Whereas in the UK, from what I understand, people are still like shitting in their pants and going, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's going, it's time to read. And they're, they're completely they're already trying to go. Yes, but Freshers Week is quite the time, isn't it? <laughs> That's a gag. Viral. <laughs> I can't wait for this podcast to go I didn't viral. go to university, this is so why I don't know about we, Freshers. We're having you on this week, Stuart. We want this episode oh, to, go to go viral. viral. Okay. Okay, I'll do my we, best. We I'll know you are, you, are, you are the Wuhan of internet content. Yes, and I keep pushing that nickname. I've been pushing it for the last five years, and it <laughs> it came so relevant uh, about this time last year. I don't know why. Do hand laws? <laughs> but but uh, Phil, you've gone epic viral. Yeah, you've gone big time viral more than more than any of us can comprehend, right? Um, the Tom Hiddleston video that was like, God, I think got up to sixty five thousand retweets or seventy five seventy thousand something. But yeah, I mean, it's yeah. huge. I mean, that's just—I think that's just because it has someone from the Avengers in it. That's all it is. <laughs> I just tapped into that. Global I guess your market. baseline is—is is, so. What we, what are you looking at, uh, Phil, for like a basic tweet that you do? What would you expect in terms of likes? In terms of likes, what's your baseline? Um, yeah. I think unless it's like late hundreds, I'd be disappointed. Right. I mean, it, and, but it depends. Yeah. It depends what kind of t- like if there's a tweet that you think is a joke. You want that to go around. You want that to be eight to eight hundred. If it's like just info, if it's like come to my show, those never go. Those never do very well. So I expect those maybe like, I mean, yeah. those are good like fifty likes. Like people on Twitter hate it when the the person who they follow because they're funny and they'd like to see live sometime tells them how to do that. <laughs> Yeah, how is the Budpod Twitter account doing? Are you still lo- are you hemorrhaging followers? Well, we're, grow- we're growing slowly, but it's this thing of like two steps forward, 2.1 steps. <laughs> yeah, so in the week when you're not tweeting, yeah. just during that week, it or grows just, steadily. Or just and retweeting, then you tweet. yeah, just retweeting listener content or listeners being like, oh, this is exactly how Marjorie would climb out of a vent or something, you know, and you go, oh, yeah, it is. And you retweet that and that kind of works. Whereas if you go, oh, new episode's out, people go, oh, I'm sick of, sick of this. <laughs> <laughs> At D-H-O-T-Y-A. <laughs> yeah. 107 episodes of Bud Pod? Don't think so. <laughs> There's no way this will last me on 20 episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, whereas I think that was about first... where I started, actually. Yeah. Because uh, the first, first lot, I was like, you know what, I'll let them find their feet. I'll let them find their feet. And boy. Now, I think what happens when someone starts a new... Uh, podcast of someone you know you're just like oh yeah well done yeah and then you're like after a little while you're like oh you know what actually i I will have a proper listen to that i'll I'll put some time in it but everyone's doing so much of it it's just like you can't go to every dinner party right yeah Mm. i mean so you take your time everyone we know makes content yeah it's too much it's it's, it's how we communicate with each other i think i know (laughs) i know stuff about people that i know personally mainly from the content I don't talk to him. Yeah. Yeah, I found out Harriet had got a dog called Sunil Patel the dog from her podcast. Yes, yes, yeah, exactly. I <laughs> I, uh, I, have friends who don't stay in touch with me as much because they listen to this and they go, well, I've hung out with Pierre weekly. For... <laughs> yeah. I'm completely up to date with him. That... Well, I find that if you're just listening to the podcast and occasionally you just out loud just go, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then it just that does your socializing. I mean, it's about day. as much input i normally have in the group conversation anyway i i if there's more than two people in the room i i'm i'm become an audience member basically callous callous wang um i'm not i'm not like plotting to kill him it's just that no no but you don't see any need to you know you don't le- you don't feel a need to leap in no 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 i i find that um sometimes i get freaked out when i just go on like you sort of go, okay, I'll have a look on Netflix or a look on Amazon Prime or whatever. And then you just go, oh, right. Um, 
there are 11 seven series 20 episodes a series crime thrillers from the last five years that not only have i not seen i haven't heard the titles and i've never heard of anyone in them and there's another seven from every country in the world there's a spanish one on there there's a one from like not not uh, like like a southern taiwan it's not even a, a taiwanese right it's the southern and it's just like the avalanche of content becomes like briefly visible above your head, like the spaceship from Independence Day. And you go, oh, God. And then you remember that all of your friends are doing podcasts and doing stuff and the scale of it. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, if, if, if any of it survives archaeologically, we're going to look mental. It's some, like I, I can never <laughs> decide if um, there is not enough representation in media or far too much representation. We <laughs> Like, is everyone represented now? Have we gone too far the other way? It feels like an insane thing to say now that we need to improve representation. Because we're all individually represented. Yeah, we all have our own Yeah, we, <laughs> When you can watch a working-class Peruvian homicide procedural. <laughs> now, right now, I could find it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, like, I find that the ones um, from... There was a Polish one, I think, which the titles are must be more enigmatic in the home language because I think the Polish one I saw on Netflix last night is just called The Crime. <laughs> and I thought that can't, that can't be as stupid in Polish. You think someone in, in Poland just Googling that? As, Surely someone's done this. <laughs> yeah. Just Google it, Google it. Yeah, exactly. Wow, we got it. We bagged it, boys. Thecrime.com. The Crime. Yeah, whereas... <laughs> Sometimes, and then there's other ones that'll be like, like you say, a Peruvian one or like a, there could be like a Turkish one. I think there's a Turkish one on Netflix as well, but they'll just be called something like Murders or The Scene or stuff like that. And there's just so few, The Field, The the, the Woods. There's lots of The Nouns, where The Noun is an area where a body might be found. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Bridge. Mm. I, I never watched, I, I didn't even start the Scandi, uh, the Scandi crimes. And yeah, they're all they're all right, but again, another avalanche of uh, of content. Too much People content. Well, I thought whispering. I thought when it came when someone that comes around, I go, oh, I'll watch it next week. And then by next week, there's already five more. They re- they just reproduce like some alien, <laughs> and you're like, oh, there's more, and you can't. And then you just don't bother starting anywhere because there's too much. Yeah, and they they all have different gimmicks. All the detectives have different little gimmicks to make them special. You know what they should do is they should release a TV show that has no audio. It's just subtitled so that you can listen to a podcast at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, black and white movies come back so you can double up on the content. Yeah, because you've got to get through it. Like they brought out the you know, one and a half and two times listening speed for podcasts. Yes, 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 yes. And they can you can do that on Netflix with some TV shows as well. You can watch at different speeds. Can you? Yeah, which I think is, you know, Scorsese is he's an old timer and he's livid about sort of roller coaster cinema and all of that. Uh, but there are elements of watching a film where you're like, okay, we well just don't watch a film if you're going to watch it at two times speed. Although the I, <laughs> I think film, I maybe think the Irishman is an example where I think that's fair enough. If you're... Yeah, eight times speed for yeah. the Irishman. That, I guess that it... does make them move more like young people. I was about to say, yeah, that's the only way that their fight could look like it was the fight of anyone under a thousand years old, like a mummy, with these stiff-shouldered punches. Um, which aspects of, of, of content and posting and virality and online, Stu, do you find to be sort of... Um, not like overwhelming, but like give you pause or make you think like, oh, where's that going to go? Do you have anything that you think, oh? This is why I try not to put anything very personal up online. Or if I do, it's done in, it, it's never done in like a spur of the moment post or tweet or something yeah. like that. It's like put, it's filtered through mm. either a live show or a short film or something like that. Because then I've had time to think and reflect on what I want out there that somebody could, in the big database of me. I think I Add. think that's actually great. I think I, I I think it's such it's become a rare and precious thing for someone online not to be earnest and and to actually keep a bit of themselves to themselves and actually 
make jokes and content that just exist for their own merit and not in order to express some dark element of their psyche or their emotional state or their personal history. What I'm saying, Sue, is that I'd you're say, a hero. Yes, I think. Right, there's that whole thing of when you're a stand-up, right, and you've got... you give the audience a bit of information you should also give them a joke uh-huh right? yeah, yeah yeah that's oh a have thing. we met are we supposed to do that oh no <laughs> oh i did not find i did i was not told that note <laughs> i said the same on twitter like you're if you're a comic and you're trying to do to make a serious point you've got to put a it's got to be done through the filter yeah. of a, yeah. a joke right otherwise what what is this you've got aspirations of being a political commentator only everyone every, it's like everyone yeah. wants be to that. be the mayor at the moment like why does everyone want to be the mayor everyone's running everyone's <laughs> running a campaign to be the mayor They're going on twitter right now it's just like driving down a street of houses and are outside everyone's house is their own signboard that says <laughs> vote me for what what's happening <laughs> I, I definitely feel like if i want to be like here's a thing is a serious thing that I think maybe you should pay attention to. I'll retweet someone who's more qualified, who's making that point, rather than making it myself. I feel that's a better way of doing it. Yeah, things, right? I, I, I do the same thing, and also to avoid any of the issues of like uh, qualification, but also should you be getting involved or whatever it is. Like the 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 times mm. where I've got involved myself, where I've thought. No, no, I can, I can legitimately do this. I think is very, very. There's like one or two, maybe ever. Yeah, yours is about the issue of whether or not cats' tails should be removed. Yes, mm. yeah, anti, yeah. anti, <laughs> them getting not removed. You're anti yeah. them getting. So you think they should be removed? Quite, quite. Yes, yeah. So they all like uh, Isle of Man cats. Yeah. Why don't you want cats to have balance? Um, I think they're too balanced. Mm. Yes, that's think... fair though. That is fair. I think it gives them an unfair advantage over the rest of uh, God's creatures. What's the highest point you've fallen off of, Stuart? Oh, I okay. just think of cats and how they can flip around and land on their feet. How high? I've, well, I've, not, de- I've never asked this to anyone before. How, what's the highest you've fallen off? <laughs> can I answer for my dad first? Oh, okay. Sure. This has never happened <laughs> that's, before. That's, oh, that's never how we prefer it on Bud <laughs> Yeah, Pop. why not? Dad first. And then <laughs> we, call it my dad went- we call it father's answer. <laughs> <laughs> please, please father's answer and then you may uh... it's a logical fallacy isn't it the, uh, the father's answer <laughs> yeah I, you, there's, 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 it's quoted a lot in Hansard in parliament where people say oh, the honourable members merely given father's answer to my question <laughs> when, when my dad was six or seven maybe eight he um, fell out of a first floor window wow <laughs> But <laughs> he fell. <laughs> Why am I finding it so funny? Like you know how Ralph <laughs> falls. Oh, just... <laughs> no, when he, I think he gets thrown and he just sort of goes head first into the ground. Yeah. But he also fell <laughs> through a greenhouse. Whoa! Head, <laughs> head oh first God. into the ground. <laughs> and it's so funny to think about a like a, ch- a small child falling out of a first floor window. And just completely rigid, not even considering what's about to happen, going headfirst through a green like into the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and he was okay. Like, like a sort of lollipop. Um, no, he died. Oh, wow. He died, but luckily he... Um, he uploaded at his... seven years old, he'd put his sperm to one side. <laughs> <laughs> they froze his testicles there in the greenhouse. This is something I've always wondered about, because we... it happens a lot in films, like... Someone or like the good guys will fall out of the building and then they'll smash through a glass roof and then they'll land mm. in the bit under the glass roof. And I always think, did the glass roof make it worse or better, actually? Because I think sometimes you think, <laughs> yeah. oh, maybe that makes it better because it slowed you down. Yeah. Yeah, a l- little bit of resistance. If you hit on your back, like if you landed it on your back, like not with your face because then it would get cut. But if it was on your back, then yeah, it would surely slow you down. And as long as you were lucky with the shards... Mm. And if you were wearing your famous double denim, I think that might that would really help. Actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what it's made for to be durable. Um, okay. I've never worn double denim. Okay, so we know how we know how high um, Stuart's dad has fallen, mm. and he was fine. Now, 
He uh, he was in hospital for a couple of months. Oh, okay, I think. that's he fractured bad. collarbone. Yeah, that sounds bad. And then when much later in his life, he found that he'd like there was a, a vertebra <sighs> issue, and basically, oh no no, you know, there's a little spike, like a little thing that your skull sits on. Yeah, that had had shorn ah, off no. the little part, like the pivot point. No, and so he went through the majority of his adult life. Like going on roller coasters and no, uh, he was a he was a pilot and you know doing wild things, but basically always one wrong movement away from just snapping his uh, spinal cord. Uh, oh. uh, wow! So your 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 dad essentially nailed Final Destination. Yeah, he did <laughs> yeah. Final Destination. Yeah, yeah. The Grim Reaper took one look at him and went, "Cool, done," and then just moved straight on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I put him through the greenhouse, and that's all it said on the contract. <laughs> the rest of it is not my problem. You can just to figure it out for himself. I got I got rid of that little bit at the top of his neck. So, uh, yep, he's definitely dead. Matter of time. Matter of time. <laughs> That's what I reckon. That's astonishing. God Almighty. Mm. Um, well, oh. And yeah, quite impressive. That, well, so happy to hear about your dad surviving your fall and thriving, mm. yeah, and yeah. and arguably doing more with his neck than me. In the end, yes, yeah. So you're famously neck. Yeah, no, you? I keep that. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I barely turn around. I don't look around. If I hear a voice behind me, I just have to hope it's not important. Yeah, that's why. Now, that's why all of Phil's meetings have to be in rooms with windows that look out over the city. Yeah, so I can. <laughs> so if anyone addresses something to you, you can you can just stay at the window, and it seems enigmatic yeah. instead of insane. That's right. It looks like I'm. It looks like powerful instead of i just can't turn around or i don't want to i'm too scared um <laughs> yeah, the exactly yeah the highest i it's why you like have to stop being friends I've with bonnie tyler up. isn't it <laughs> 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 the arguments god <laughs> i once i was i was running around town as a teenager with a couple of pals at night and for some reason we had is to, this a rap <laughs> yeah it's the start <laughs> of my sitcom <laughs> um, <laughs> it was like the th- Fresh Prince of Bel Air theme tune. And <laughs> running around town with a couple of pals like I was in the 1980s. When I twisted my neck and it got real bad. <laughs> and there's one point where we had to climb over like a brick wall to get out of a, a park or a graveyard or something on, out onto the street. And yeah. I, I was a bit tipsy, but I thought, I can do this, this is fine. And I jumped off the top of this wall. And I don't know, you, you know when you when when you have to drop down from somewhere a bit higher than normal, you think it's gonna be fine, and then there's a, a sort there's a moment as you're dropping where you, where you where you, your mind goes, this is going on a bit longer than yeah. I thought it would. <laughs> this is actually taking like yeah. a microsecond longer than I had hoped, and you you start yeah. like going, oh god, what's this impact gonna be like? And you you landing just concertina like a cartoon, just go slunk. That's the yeah, highest I, that I can remember dropping. There's that, there's <laughs> yeah. that extra second where, where you go, oh, this will be fine. It's not fine. Oh, fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you think like so that, that would, dropping that I'm much feels that feels like that. Can you imagine dropping like, oh, dropping any higher? Mm-mm. Any higher than like I, five feet. Five feet feels like, that feels like that's a big force when you hit the ground. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever see that story about the, the someone someone jumped off a skyscraper or fell out of a window on a skyscraper and they landed on like a kind of like not the ground but like a kind of tin roof under the tall building. It was in the far east somewhere and they slammed into it and they survived. They had like bruises and some broken bones, but it was like twenty stories or something. There's a whoa, few whoa, there's a whoa. few cases of people surviving it and you just think, what is that? You must dream about that for the rest of your life, I guess right? Tin, All your falling tin dreams is pretty are not realistic. Ideal, right? Because you dissipate it's a crumple zone, so you dissipate that energy throughout the metal. Yeah, that would be the perfect thing to land on, be maybe. Good. Also, I, also, I guess it, solid. I, after a point, it doesn't matter how high you fall from because you've you've hit your terminal velocity, and if you, oh, it'll be the same if you yeah. jump out of a plane or if you jump out of a particular floor of a floor of a building. That's true. That's what you tell all those poor people, Phil. In, a, in an attempt to <laughs> seduce them into getting into the plane, <laughs> that would be good you if you went skydiving. Your privilege and the guy was there. like, "Look, at a certain point, it doesn't actually. It could just. It's the same as it's just a big building. <laughs> You're gonna splat. So there's no. You may as well splat from uh, inside this plane. Oh man, God, I've I've jumped from um, a, a sort of a, a breakwater 
a break water like a concrete um you know like in a bay <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah, this yeah, from yeah. Your sailing days why this is <laughs> a breakwater i don't understand what a breakwater is it's like um they, they put it in to create a, a safer version of a bay you oh know, like yes 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 it, it goes sort of like, in like a becomes kind of like wall. the gates of the of the sea uh, and yeah, to, yeah, yeah, and the, they can be the flat on top and have benches on, and, yeah. and you know you can walk on them and stuff. Yeah, you got gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. There's one in the, um, I think it must have been Port Erin on the Isle of Man, where people would, when the tide was in, so it wasn't like really high, people would would go tombstoning off the tip of the breakwater into the into the bay because it was very deep. So you wouldn't like the water bit was fine, but and tombstoning is uh, going straight down, like leg straight. I think so. Just jumping into water from a cliffy thing. I don't. I've never. was never mm. clear on what it was supposed to be like technically. But how did it get its name? <laughs> Sorry, could I? <laughs> you didn't say any questions, but you stopped talking. So I thought it would be a good time to ask. <laughs> how? Uh... <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a question. Well, it's not really a question. It's a thought that I've had that I'd like to express to this room full of people. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to. I'd like to tell a short story. Where I'm <laughs> to a scientist at the front of the yeah, room. Yeah, where I'm a main character. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So that, I don't know how high that must have been. Seven feet, six. Well, so I, I'm going to probably. This is this is going to be a big clang, I guess. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be me tombstoning in a celeb reference. Well, it's Joel Domit's wedding. There you go. Went to Joel Domit's wedding. Did you wedding jump off of Joel in Domit? Mykonos. And we jumped off of Joel Domit. Did you jump off one of his biceps? Foot. Oh my god. Is this gosh. the highest right, point? We did we <laughs> we did one morning on this private beach that they had oh at this hotel. They him and his CrossFit buddies were doing a CrossFit session, so I thought I'd join them just see how I coped. <laughs> and it, as they all one by one just took their shirts off to get started at like 8 a.m. on this private beach, just staring at them thinking, well, this is not going to go well. (laughs) (laughs) Just in a UFC ring. (laughs) Oh, no. And they they all lined up. So on the beach, they had like cut out logs as like tables. So it was like that sort of vibe, big, like chunky logs. and they all had theirs to do their squats where you, you hold onto the log. And then they just got, got one out. They found the smallest one on the beach to hand to me. Here you go. <laughs> Here's your little your little training log. Um, I think I saw, but there was uh, a bit out to sea. Oh, I think I, <laughs> this is such a dumb thing to interrupt you for. <laughs> um, I think I saw chunky logs at the Camden Roundhouse. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry, so they got you the they got you the least chunky chunky log. Yeah, and um, it was it was very demoralising. As part of mm-hmm. the part of it was to swim out to this, uh, I'd say maybe fifteen foot, twenty foot high cliff part. Yeah, which you could climb up. Um, you swim out to there and back. Then you do your squats. And then you back out and back. Um, but later on in the day, people were jumping off of that whilst hammered. And I, I think I managed to get up to about seven, eight feet, and then I was like, you know what? Who am I trying to impress right now? Yeah, this is terrifying. Just being stood here, I'm gonna just do a dainty little jump, yeah, <laughs> and then just go about my life. But yeah, I th- tombstoning it, it was named with a very good reason. It's <laughs> tombstoning so dangerous. I, yeah, I, like I six or seven feet above water. Like the Undertaker. Yeah, I, I, it's not just like because you're going head first vertically down. Because you're 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 you're, oh. you're putting you're placing yourself like a tombstone into the sea. Yeah, yeah, then maybe right? that's it. Yeah, I don't think it's but, just um, like you're killing yourself. <clears throat> but a lot of people are, aren't yeah. they? <laughs> Isn't the scary thing about the sea? Aren't we all agreed that it's that we don't know what's under that? First We've all layer? agreed. <laughs> we, We've all we all agreed, agree, right, <laughs> guys? I mean. <laughs> Stop me if you don't. Stop me if you disagree. But I don't know yeah. what's down Look, there. I, I don't want to be giving father's answer. Here, but, uh, the fact is, we don't have a blimmin' clue. I, I find the sea. I find the sea uh, spooky. I don't like it. I don't like open water. I don't want to ever go scuba diving. Yeah, horrible. So spooky. Horrible. I just imagine yeah, like idea... a kraken coming up all the time. Ah. Mm. 
at least at least if you're in some spooky woods it's it's 360 degrees around you it's not above and below and at like a weird angle that's just only if you had an eye in your ankle you could see mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not in like a ball of terror or space yeah and also all of that strength that i've already expressed that i have yeah is somewhat useful when i'm on land yes yeah. in some way yeah there's nothing. There's, uh, you, you, I get what. How strong are humans percentage-wise in water <laughs> yeah. compared to land? Yeah, it's, it's like it's like saying, uh, okay, the threat could come from any direction. Um, they are probably about as fast as a, a, a car in a parking lot, minimum. Maybe a car in a school zone. Um, essentially, it's a, a missile with teeth on the end, and uh, you're in slow motion. Enjoy. Even the best swimmer in the world, even like Michael Phelps is the equivalent of the worst shark. He is like the, a loser shark. He's the yeah. shark they leave behind. If if Michael Phelps was a dolphin, they'd have considered killing him out of consideration for the safety for the rest of the pod of dolphins. <laughs> yeah. like, we can't have Michael Phelps with us. He makes us more vulnerable. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Do you believe that dolphins save people's lives? Like, if you're out at sea, would you would you go like, I have heard this happen and jump on a dolphin? Or would you wait for, like, a signal from them? Like a click, click, click? You know what? It would It would depend on what part of the world I was in. Wow. Because I, not... I reckon, I reckon dolphins do save humans' lives if you're in the part of the world where their experience of humans is, is tourists <laughs> and people who are dying who want to swim with them and like feeding them and stroking them. And so in dolphins' heads, it's like, right, the boats of free food and stuff, you know, like the free food people. Whereas if I was in a part of the world where dolphins were just stabbed with boat motors and stuff. <laughs> And just like hunted, like J- you know, Japan or Florida or somewhere horrible. I'd be like, uh, uh-uh. uh, they're gonna they're gonna leave me to die here, or they're gonna bump me to death with their weird noses. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna bump leap on now, <laughs> Didn't Dick Van Dyke get rescued by a dolphin? <laughs> yes, what did. is that true? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was brought to shore what? by. A dolphin. I forgot this story. Stu, could you? Could you enlighten That's not his film, birthing please? story. He wasn't brought by the dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't remember the details, but he was out. Let me have a quick little Dick Van Dyke dolphin. Wow, what a dolphin. Dick Van Dyke legend. Poor Poises rescued Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. Po- Mary Poppins star Mary feared Poppins dead star. after apparently falling asleep on his surfboard, but friendly sea creatures pushed him to shore. He fell asleep how, how, on his surfboard? Yeah. I was going to say, how... how how much of a chill surfer dude do you have to be to fall asleep on a surfboard? Oh, it is boring out here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeesh. I've never been more knackered in my life than I am on this surfboard. When I was a kid, I thought that was such a good impression. I assumed it was an amazing Cockney accent that Dick Van Dyke did in Mary Poppins. When, how old were you when you first met a Cockney? Oh, very say? old, I guess. Like... That's a good question. Oh gosh, it must have been like my <laughs> yeah, that is when I'm nineteen. When the first time I went to came to London, maybe I don't know. Oh my word! We... What was it like? Bright lights? Did you go to the starry West End? The glittering <laughs> West End. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I went everywhere by London Eye. 
and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I went everywhere by the sights, the city seeing, city sightseeing branded buses. I thought that was the only way you could get around. <laughs> you thought those were just the normal buses. Yeah. And you're like, Jesus, this is expensive, <laughs> but it's, it's so informative. <laughs> what's the quickest? What's the quickest way to get from South Bank? Up into the air and then back to South Bank. <laughs> yeah, we visited South Bank. We visited the sky above South Bank. I, uh, I, I thought I'd met a Cockney because an art teacher, an art teacher. <laughs> we had an art teacher at school who we all accused of being a sort of Cockney fishwife, but she was just from Essex. Yeah, that's a confusing one. Because we were, because yeah, we were up north, Essex. and so we, as far as we were concerned, she was like, she was practically the hitcher from the mighty Bush. You know, she was just <laughs> so from the south. She's and like, so yeah, we, Nancy we from Oliver like, Twist, yeah. basically. Yeah, exactly. And so we would make all these jokes to her, but she's just from like you know Essex or you know Surrey or just somewhere, just some general estuary accent. So she was always just completely baffled by them, and she'd be like, "I'm not a Cockney," and we'd be like. Oh, that sounded awful like a Cockney saying that. And just continually reference apples and pears or whatever. And it wasn't, it was so, from her point of view, it was so inaccurate that she wasn't even annoyed. Yeah, like, where, but, why would she even be? It was just wrong. Yeah. It wasn't like, whereas, insulting. like, like, yeah. like, like you in Malaysia with Dick Van Dyke, it, we, we were just like, this is it. This is what it is. Yeah. So, how old were you when you met a Cockney? My, my, Dad's side are all uh, were Peckham, which I think counts as Cockney. I think so. That's Bo, Bo, Bo Bells. Can you hear Bo Bells from Peckham? I think I think you can. They they loved all that Roman slang, and then whenever you'd go to like big family events, you know, like funerals or fights, <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> they they one of their favorite things to do was write down on a big uh, on a bit of paper that they found. Uh, the letters M A B, and then it's a big horse, and then they'd point, they'd show it to someone and say, "Can you can you say that out loud?" And they'd go, "M A B, it's a big horse," and then the rest the rest of the room would go, "It's because I'm a Londoner." What? What? M A B, it's a big horse. I'm a Londoner. M A B, it's a big horse. Uh, maybe, maybe it's, it's because. Oh. Maybe a big. It's a big. Co- I, I I still don't really get it. It's a big. <laughs> they loved but it. It's loved it's a big it horse. So sounds much. like it's because. Oh M A B M A B. So M A B maybe. And what's that from? Maybe it's because. Maybe I'm from, I'm it's from. because I'm a Londoner. Is that a song? Because all the Cockney songs start with the vowels. Yeah, maybe. Instead of maybe, yeah, yeah, it's just, it. yeah, maybe. There's that weird ah. ah sound. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I so I think that gives them their Cockney cards. <laughs> that sounds pretty cockney to me. And also, I can't say cockney cards without ma- making without going more cockney. Yeah, also cockney cards. Uh, listeners, you can't see uh, Sue. We're all on a Zoom, but when he said cockney cards, he winked and jumped in the air, and his heels did a, a little click. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, I just got to finish eating these eels. <laughs> Have you eaten eels? No way. Why? No way am I doing what? that. Scary. Scary? What if they've been jellied and they're helpless? <laughs> I'm not scared that they're alive and they're going to sit inside me and grow, like in that Rugrats episode where they ate a seed. <laughs> I did. I I, I was on um, uh, the show Unforgivable, Unforgivable with Mel Gidroich on Dave, and I was on with mm-hmm. Harry Redknapp, who, um, that's him, in it? The football manager? The, um, and he... That's the guy. His, he's very cockney and his story, one of his stories is literally about being left in charge with a bucket of jelly deals by a cabbie. And it's like, did you make this up? Just, we believe it, you're cockney, whatever. You don't even make up this story. <laughs> That's like a story that Amazon Prime would invent using key words. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, uh, yeah, if Harry Redknapp was some sort of Cockney Terminator sent from the future, they sort of program it with like uh, cabbie, eels, um, uh, your old man, uh, uh, Lam- Lambeth, say Lambeth. Oh, they love doing the Lambeth walk. <laughs> they do the Lambeth walk all the, all the what time. What is that? Is it you like, you, you, like you have your arms up or something? 
And you do a little strut. Yeah, and you're like stepping, your legs are stepping across each other's sort of, is it, do they do, they, you know, like the monkeys. Hey, hey, we're the yeah. monkeys. They do that leg stepping oh. across each other. Yeah, yeah. Where they line up. I'm pretty sure they'd used to do that for doing the Lambeth walk as well. Yeah. But I think it was all just sort of, as soon as everyone was like, yeah, we're Londoners. How, how... <laughs> then they just, it was you do whatever you like then, and then you can How does an area it? come up with a walk? Like, what was it about the terrain of Lambeth <laughs> that required this particular gate? Or was it just, just the quickest way of getting okay. around? Yeah, just really narrow and narrow. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you, if uh, in those days, all of Lambeth was some um, rope bridges. So the, the locals, the locals naturally, uh, <laughs> Stu, do you think there is a cultural link? Do you think that you're a digital cockney? Because Ooh. much like a much like a, a a clever cockney marketplace guy, you've you've crafted your tweets and with a with a mm. with a nudge and a wink and a bit of charm, you've managed to sell them as 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 events to Unilad and <laughs> and Twitter at large. <laughs> you say I'm like Alan Sugar with an Amstragan strad in the back of my van. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. And you can come up with a little story like uh, tell you what, it was just it was just bird, right? Put a plate on another bird's table. And then I what, what I did and then you've got like everyone sort of enthralled because there's this kind of you've inherited this cockney charm. Do you think that that's a part of it? Or do you think you're breaking away from your roots? Yeah, I think <laughs> problem is now that now that we're talking about this 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 side of the family, I keep I'm dropping my ths. <laughs> I, I'm 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 leaning into it more and more yeah, now. Yeah. Um, I definitely so the uh, the dirty plates cafe drama. Yeah, was a real thing that happened, but then obviously I just went, well, that can't just be it, right? Yeah this thing that happened and then i had to leave the cafe so you just got to expand oh, on it oh yeah the dirty plates tweets i yeah i, I thought it was those. gobsmacking the initial incident was enough to gobsmack me but everyone says like oh it, what a surprise that these things always happen to comedians about stuff like that and you're like well yeah because we're trained to to tell stories what what yeah. of a small thing what what happened again with the remind me what happened with the the dirty plates lady just just a I first a first instance a, a woman i was in an empty cafe i saw a woman move dirty plates from the table she wanted to sit on to the only other table that was occupied it was another woman's <laughs> table astonishing, <laughs> astonishing. <laughs> absolutely incredible such a fuck you <laughs> and how did this lady um, react who was at the occupied table she looked absolutely flummoxed, like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and then started moving them back to the original table. Okay. And so then they were just moving plates back and forth between their own tables. That's bizarre. When they... there was, like, ten other tables that were completely empty and there was staff just standing around not doing anything. That's Amazing. astonishing. But but you say, like, where people say, well, these things always happen to comedians. And part of it is, as you say, we're the ones who are trained and have to make our money by telling stories that are small things. But also we're the ones who by virtue of trying to look for things are observing. We're actually looking around and mm. noticing these things and stuff. Whereas, um, I mean, some people are better at it than others. Uh, Phil, uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we all know Jason from, from Daphne, Jason Forbes, who was in mm. uh, the sketch group Daphne with you, Phil. He has this incredible luck or not luck, depending on how you view it with nutters and overhearing yeah. astonishing bits of conversation. Every and... time you every time you see him, he's got some story about some crazy person who came up to him and him specifically and did something insane. Yeah, Glenn Moore. Glenn Moore has that as well. He describes crazy people as being like, um, you know, when you're you're on like the upper level of a bus or in a in a in a room or whatever, and then like a wasp comes in, mm. and and he's the guy who when he sees it and goes, oh no, there's a wasp. The wasp immediately so almost like hears that thought and goes and just goes <laughs> right for him. But that, but for crazy people, crazy people just sense something about Glenn or Jason, and they just go, "This is who I will deliver my my craziness to today. I will hand them a slice of crazy pie." Whereas um, I don't think that many funny things happen to me or around me. Like I don't, my my stand up's not really stories. It's just like thoughts. Well, your your I've funny had. things are internally produced. Yeah, um, yeah. 
Well, they're about they're about you and the way you see the world and stuff. Like it's not like someone comes up to you and then that gave you the thought. You 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 pondered. I think you're a pondering. I think I also do avoid actively avoid potentially funny situations because I can't <laughs> yeah. be asked. Yeah, I've seen <laughs> I've seen Phil refuse to get into a car and into a pub when there was a priest and a rabbi uh, <laughs> in there already. <laughs> I've seen you hold your hands up and go. Whoop. No, 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 I, no, no. I can't be seen. I can't be seen here. <laughs> I, I know where this is going. Phil, the number of banana peels you've picked up off the floor and carefully put in the bin, honestly. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, uh, content, <laughs> Stu, you've got some. You've got an, a new piece of online content. Uh, the online content yes. finally someone's uh, had the courage to, to do try it. it see if it works i mean <laughs> people usually go online to you know send emails or discover you know search up information they need or do research but you've decided that you're gonna put something funny on there <laughs> yeah now i think listeners to this will have to bear with me but it is funny mm-hmm. okay okay it, okay <laughs> well that's that's, that's Keep quite talking. hubristic, actually. Is, <laughs> no, it is funny. It we've, is funny. We've seen it. It is funny. We can we can officially recommend it to oh. BudPod listeners. Um, Thank goodness. Tell us. Tell it's us. called Grave New World. Yeah, that's it. Grave New World. And it it's a four part series, uh, like fifteen minute episodes, so short episodes. It's sort of like a panorama, sort of horizon special, but about what life after lockdown is going to be like. So you know, we haven't been to the cinema. We haven't been to theme parks. We haven't been to the petrol stations for for months and how all these normal things that we took for granted have now changed so obviously it's a a stupid sort of slight alternate reality yeah it's like an absurd it's kind of like a time trumpet time trumpet but looking forward i guess yes yeah yeah that's in fact you know what that's the that's the best way i've heard to describe (laughs) it as you release a show that's a ostensibly about a virus that has killed almost three million people in the world yeah you think, how do we market this as a comedy? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, dude. Like, it, it sort of is the central... Um, what's the word? Dilemma for comedians. I guess anyone really creating anything at the moment is how much to address the pandemic. How... And we're trying to guess, like, are people going to be interested in hearing more about something they've had to endure for a year and a half, at least? Mm-hmm. Well, or will you know? Will they want to just hear, forget about it and move on and try and act like life is back to normal again? Well, I guess you've very also, much, you know, dive. You've tombstoned headfirst <laughs> into the idea that people will want to hear about the pandemic. Yeah, and it's also difficult as well, where you say, "Oh, it's it, it's killed this many people," but the trouble is that we, especially anyone in the West is used to talking about events that kill a large number of people as not being events that they were also in. Mm. Whereas World War II killed lots of people, but because it involved everyone, mm-hmm. there were World War II comedies about World War II coming out in the late 40s and even in the 50s because everyone felt a sense of ownership over the topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. People could say, well, I was in the war. We were all in the war. You know, let's, let's have a laugh about it or let's make fun of certain elements of it. Whereas but we're the used war... to it being something like... The war in, in in Afghanistan. So you can't. That doesn't belong to you. That belongs to the sort of eight thousand people who were ever there. Whereas yeah. this is for everyone. Like, I think um, you. I think your 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 thing is going to be is going to be popular because it's about everyone and the civilian effect. Well, that's a kind thing to say, and I think it, it does make me more aware of why on the fifteenth September two thousand and one, my what are skyscrapers now like comedy series. <laughs> didn't really <laughs> go down very well your, your observational comedy about uh new airport security um i hope i hope, I hope so, so that's funny isn't it the, the more people te- you know, so what you're saying pierre is actually yeah. the mathematical rule is the more people a disaster kills the more appropriate it is to joke about it the more the more people per head of the population as spread out right okay if it's all in one place, then it's still no, no. That's true, and that's why Diana jokes are still not okay. Yeah, that yeah, that's why no one's ever told a number. Diana joke. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas if everyone lost an uncle to something, everyone, then yeah. everyone's yeah. allowed to make jokes if they feel like they can, because it's everyone's, right? That would have been such an absolutely incredible little detail at the end of uh, Infinity War, <laughs> if. <laughs> 
Thanos clicking his fingers killed everyone's uncle. <laughs> and, well, and then they realized the glove was set to uncle. There's <laughs> <laughs> just a, um, a dial that says uncle, everyone, Princess Diana. <laughs> There's just all these God children. Yeah. <laughs> to, to kill all the uncles, instead of snapping his fingers, he has to do an I got your nose with the glove. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Stu, Grave New World, where and when can BudPod listeners find this for goodness sake? <laughs> so on March 31st on Vimeo On Demand, we're releasing uh, it there. Four episodes you can buy or rent. Um and after that, we are releasing it elsewhere. We can't confirm where that is, but Vimeo On Demand is like the first release, and then it's going to go wider after that. Nice. Um, but basically, Vimeo On Demand is is your way of actually, you get a better profit share there. It's a kinder to the creator Ooh. than anywhere else. Be kind to your creators, everyone. Please be kind to your Cockney creators. <laughs> <laughs> so it is four episodes... Yeah, four episodes. It's sort of um, it's all about sort of emerging after after lockdowns, and so we've got like interviews with like experts in it. So relationship experts played by Sadia Azmat, your risk analyst is played by Rose Johnson, your fizzy drinks expert is James Acaster, your conspiracy nutter is Heidi Regan. Great. Nice. Um, so everyone's really do, like, playing reports. towards their strengths in this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, James's character is called Fizz Gamble. Oh, so a little something there for anyone who knows of of James's one of James's friends. A little something there for people who've who've heard of the little known podcast off menu. Hmm. Where uh, know what it is. where they once mentioned Bud Pod accidentally. What was this again? And do you remember this? That someone they were talking about chocolate and Ed and James. Some one of them went to you know when a chocolate comes in a what is it a bud and then James went pod. And someone clipped that. And, and Twitter, someone clipped that as if it was them kind of uh, kind of secretly acknowledging uh, Bud, Bud. And did your uh, listeners just go through the roof? Yeah. yeah. yeah really Actually, did. I was going to say earlier with the viral thing, you can see on the Bud Pod listener graph the Tom Hiddleston video coming out. It is just like a needle in the, in the chart. Just... Phew. Oh. Yeah, it comes straight back down once people yeah. realise this podcast has nothing to do with Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or vitamins. Or <laughs> vitamins. That's my entire Twitter experience is just every now and then like a huge bump in my followers yeah. followed by six months of dwindling as they realise, oh, he doesn't always tweet about dirty plates or he doesn't always <laughs> tweet videos of him calling a mobile phone number that a horse answers. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the mad it, thing about like Twitter at the moment, uh, or like now. It's like you, you, from time to time, you see, you know how what's his face said, um, in the future, everyone will be famous for fifteen minutes. Andy Warhol, yeah. yeah. Who said that now? Uh, it's uh, Andy Warhol, wasn't it? Mm, couldn't be. Now, what I was trying to do there was like a joke about how the guy who said that wasn't famous enough to be remembered, <laughs> but it, it was difficult to sort of get that. James quite for some reason, Andy Warhol, Andy Warhol is one of those names that I can never remember. And I know him. I know. I know all his quotes. I have so many quotes that I know that Andy Wall said. But every time I bring him up, I have to go. What is his fucking name? It's because I don't encounter the name Warhol enough in everyday life. But yeah. Anyway, um, I think now it's like everyone will be viral for a tweet, and you, you'll you'll see a tweet that's got literally a hundred thousand retweets. It's seen by more people yeah. on the internet that day than any other page. And you click on the account, and they have four thousand followers. Yeah. And it doesn't go up. Yeah. It's 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 as if now Twitter used to be someone kind of stepping forward from the crowd and saying, I'm Spartacus, and everyone would, would, would follow them as the leader. <laughs> Whereas now it's someone who steps up and goes, I'm Spartacus, and everyone goes, oh. and then they just go back to whatever they were doing before. And Yeah. And at some point they go, oh, you remember that guy who was Spartacus? That was quite funny. He's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the only person who makes money out of it is uh, BuzzFeed at the end of the year. Yeah, where yeah. They do uh, twelve best Spartacuses month <laughs> by month. 
Phil, you must get uh, the Hiddleston must get into those BuzzFeed lists quite regularly. I, I, you just only get a bump. I never see. I never see it referenced really. I think like the it's Pope. On YouTube, I remember. On, it's on YouTube on an it, account that's not yours. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's good. As, as like an account that just generally puts viral content up as a kind of look at this, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you. I think you just sign up for that. If you put some, if you make something, you put it on Twitter. You sign up for the the understanding that people will just take it and when when you when you put up the, the Hiddleston video you were like uh, what's his face inventing the internet this is for everyone <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah I mean it's nuts it's I mean more people quote that to me than say my live at the Apollo set you know there's yeah. we're, like the time has gone where you know the most you'd be seen on is like one of the big TV shows now well, it's like yeah yeah you know yeah people say tom hiddleston to me more than anything else yeah. really i mean it's that and then the taskmaster outfit those yeah. are the two things people say to me it's it's also like it, it's amazing what people are more likely to watch or send i've i've been on tv a, a couple of times but um the only time where people have actively texted photos of their television to me and my mum and like my friends saying is this your friend was when i had a Three minute bit on a do we remember the Big Bang Theory or, or like <laughs> I had to sit in a chair and and remember my favorite moments from the Big Bang. I remember <laughs> this. Yeah, man and, oh and man. People like like within minutes of it airing, like my dad, my mum and dad's like neighbor was like ringing them and be like, ah, just that that got way more social coverage than anything I've ever done that I am you know. Actually and in retrospect, Pierre, was that exposure worth people now thinking you like the Big Bang Theory? <laughs> it's a it's a deal with the devil. It's a, <laughs> it's a deal with the devil, that's for sure. Um, I I once did Arnie's greatest stunts, which was um, <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. Apparently, Thank at some god, because you've always been going on about it. <laughs> that's why I asked you what the highest point you've ever jumped off of was, because <laughs> I'm just always thinking about stunts. And uh, yeah, I was one of the talking heads and talked about like. This wasn't even stunts that Arnold Schwarzenegger has done. It's the idea was that these were just general stunts that apparently Arnold Schwarzenegger really likes. And at <laughs> some point, he put in a voiceover and said, at number 15 is the guy who jumped with a motorbike. Off a... And so I just had to talk about a guy jumping a canyon with a motorbike. Like, it was a formative experience in my life when I saw that. Mm. But you, you just have to play the game, man. You just I, have to play the game. I, I, I asked. I said that... With the Big Bang Theory, I watched it when I was in school because it's been on for so long. And I, as a teenager, I watched it. And then I just didn't. And I was like, is that okay? I mean, I'm not like up to date or anything. And they were like, yeah, 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 blah, 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 blah. But then they <laughs> would still ask me about stuff like way beyond. So I had to like, <laughs> I had to style it out where they were like, what about that episode where Howard invented a robot hand that he wanked himself off with at the end of the episode? And I genuinely was going to go, oh, fuck you. Like, Shut up. That didn't happen. <laughs> it did. That happened in an episode. Have you seen the uh, uh, Big Bang Theory clip with where all the laughter's removed, yes. but Ricky Gervais's laughter is added? Yeah. That's what, genuinely one time that I went viral when I posted that link to it so i didn't steal the content i wouldn't i wouldn't do anything like that but sarah silverman retweeted me and she doesn't follow me wow well, and then suddenly but it's weird when you're going viral for someone else's sharing a link to someone else's content yeah that's why yeah, that's, yeah. great content Wait, people love quote tweeting mm. this <laughs> this i do that occasionally i'll do, do a um omg who made this and it will just be like um a video which is just like the latest Star Wars trailer for <laughs> <laughs> OMG who made this or just uh, the shard <laughs> who made this um, hey. well thanks very much for, for coming on Stu and so okay so March the 31st on Vimeo on, on demand Vimeo Vimeo on demand. So you could go to gravenewworldseries.com and it will be there. Nice. Um, it's actually some of the bits from it, some of the reports like going to the cinema was born from viral threads that I did. Uh, yeah. So I did like a thread yeah. that was like, for the first time in four months, I went to the cinema yesterday yeah. and this is how that normal experience is now different. Um, 
so yeah it's available there for quite a low price support your creators that's right blah 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 and um you've made it in i guess probably pre-testing times uh, to be filming things with actual human beings in them yeah yeah and to be honest that was part of the way that i could get people to be in it for um in in other ways very difficult circumstances where they were like what so i would be in a room with another person oh yeah <laughs> yeah 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 i'll do it i'll do it whatever you want oh yeah i'm doing you. arnie's greatest stunts again next week just so i can <laughs> talk to Hang a sound a great man himself <laughs> uh well thank, yeah thanks so much for coming on man and yeah um thanks everyone, so much do check out a huge fan of the pod do check out grave new world and we're huge fans of your stuff uh, now uh, can i do a shout out uh if anybody out there do, does want to listen to a good podcast check out bud pod yeah wow thanks thank appreciate you it, man that, now that's character <laughs> now, that, um, now that's character that's loyalty <laughs> i might send in some correspondence actually at some point because it would be fun to have that read out in about six months time <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yes yeah when it's when it's when it's uh, contextually baffling yeah, are we going to do it in reply to this? I'll explain whether or not someone from Peckham is, in fact, a cop. Yes, yes. Okay, great. That sounds good. All right, thanks very great. much for coming thanks on, Thanks to you. Have a good one. Thank you. And goodbye, Bye. everybody. Enjoy. Bye, Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.